Well, if you would, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Everybody doing all right tonight? Very good. You sound like people that have kids at home. (laughs) Kids aren't in school. Stay up as late as they want now, right? (laughs) No bedtimes in the summer. Amen. It's summertime. It's here. Luke chapter 6. We have been in the middle of a discussion. In the middle of understanding what we possess and how to give it away. We've been talking about giving it away. Giving it away. Giving it away. Giving it away. You know, it, it's amazing in this series... The, the perspective has focused, the, 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 the perspective has changed, the focus is different now. You know, in American culture, we are just taught by nature to want and need things and receive things, but not much of us is focused on what we're giving away. Not much is focused on what do we have to offer to humanity. And, you know, when God placed us on the earth, he designed us to be givers. We're designed to give something away. We're designed that we have something within us that helps somebody else. You know, I'm convinced that every believer, every Christian, every person, but definitely once you come into the kingdom, now you finally receive something worth giving away. You know, people in the world don't have a whole lot to give away. That's going to truly benefit somebody. Sure, they may have money and sure, they may have fame and sure, they may have, uh, you know, gifts and abilities. But you, you realize anything that God has given us, if we don't use it for the purpose that he gave it to us for, we are abusing it. And we could potentially be hurting somebody rather than helping somebody. But I'm convinced that every believer, every kingdom citizen should be positioning themselves, putting their lives in a way where they are helping somebody else. I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced that we are on the planet to bring heaven to earth. And how many of you know people that need some heaven in their life? Anybody know anybody that needs heaven? You probably work with them. And you may even live with them. (laughs) Don't look at anybody. Don't turn around. You may even live with them. They, they may be down the street. They may be your next door neighbor. Okay? We all know somebody that needs heaven. You know what's interesting is Jesus had a conversation with the Pharisees once, and they were asking, where's this kingdom that you're talking about? Because he talked about it so much. He didn't talk about heaven. He didn't really talk about hell. But he talked about a kingdom a lot. That was the main focus of his entire ministry was the kingdom of God. And so he talked about it so much that these Pharisees and Sadducees, these religious people were like, "Okay, where's this kingdom at that you're always talking about? Where is it? And Jesus says, you you can't look here or look there and and say, well, is the kingdom here? Is the kingdom there? Where's the kingdom? Because the kingdom of God is in you. It's in you. What does that mean? That means if God's going to get the kingdom to anybody he has to go through you. See, you, you know that your coworker, the next cubicle over, needs Jesus. They're in a relationship that's harmful to them. Uh, they, 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 they're going nowhere. They're making poor decisions in life. They need Jesus. But the thing is, is they're not going to meet Jesus without you. God is still using mankind in the earth to get his kingdom to people. And you and I are those vessels. You and I are the ones that God is using. Place the kingdom inside of us. And then said, I'm going to get it through you. I'm going to get it through you to that person. But see, we are always just focused about what can God get to us. Not about what can God get through us. You know, we, 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 we say that a lot in the financial realm. If God can get it. Through you, then he'll get it to you. 
God wants to know that you'll be a vessel that's going to pour into somebody else, not just hog it all up for yourself. Because, again, the gift is not for you. The gift is to bless somebody else. It's to be a blessing to someone else. So I'm convinced that we are on the earth and our lives should be influencing and impacting somebody else. And it should be for the betterment of humanity. That's what a kingdom citizen is all about. How can I better the life of somebody else? And if I help somebody else get what they want, I'll always have what I need. This is the promise that God has given us. If you will make yourself a vessel that I can pour into that will go and share with somebody else, I'll have no problem getting stuff to you and having you taken care of. See, a lot of us try to do God's job for him. And what's that? Take care of ourselves. I just got to I got to work this job. I got to, you know, I got to put in these hours. I got to take care of my family. No, he's the one that's promised to take care of your family. He just wants you to be an influence wherever he's called you to be an influence. And so we have started to find out that we have something to give away. We saw this a couple weeks ago. Number one, God created you. For a purpose. He knew you before anybody else knew you. He knew you before your parents even knew you. He knew you before you were even a thought in their minds. He knew you. Number two, he knew what you were going to do. I mean, that's just that. That's the foundation right there. Not only did he know you. But it's one thing for me to know you and say, "Okay, what am I going to do with this person? But God says, I know you and I know what you're going to do. Number three, he knows you. He knows what you're going to do. And then he gave you everything to help you do what he's called you to do. He placed it all inside of you. And now it's our job to steward over those things that he gave us. So we have something to give away. We've been using the picture of a tree. A tree gets planted and a tree grows up real big and strong. But what is the tree there for? The tree is not there for the tree. The tree is there to produce fruit that is given away. That's why the tree is there. And so we saw last week that if we're not producing anything... We are unproductive and we are just wasting space. Jesus saw the fig tree and it wasn't giving, it wasn't meeting his need. What was his need? I'm hungry. Jesus was hungry. Very simple. And he looks at a fig tree and is expecting to be able to get food from it. And there's no figs on it. So what does he do? Curse it. You will never bring forth fruit ever again. Why? Because you're just wasting space. You're not meeting a need. And so we saw that God will give us time to produce. But the ultimate goal is to be producing something to give away. Because what did the fig tree look like? It looked like a tree. And it was acting like a tree. And it was standing in the ground like a tree stands in the ground. With the whole root system and had leaves and everything. But what was it missing? The number one thing that was necessary. The fruit. See, we can't just look the part. We have to be the part. We have to be giving something away. We have to be producing something. I don't care if your leaves are as green. I don't care how big your tree branches are. I don't care how much space you cover. If you don't have fruit hanging off your tree, you're unproductive and wasting space, the master said. How much longer will this tree take up space in the ground? So the goal is to produce. The the goal is to give a gift away. And we all have a gift. We all have a gift. We all have something to give away. We all have relationships that we can pour into and make people better. We all have families. We, we may have a husband. We may have a wife. We may have children. We may have brothers or sisters. We may have moms and dads. 
co-workers, next door. You have somebody in your life that you can pour into and be a blessing. And that doesn't mean preach to them. That means be Christ to them. Be Christ to them. Be Jesus to them. Sometimes we can be Jesus in as much as what we don't do as much as what we do. Sometimes holding our tongue reflects Jesus. Sometimes not going somewhere with someone. Sometimes pushing people away reflects Jesus. What do you mean? How, how can I push people away and be a reflection of Jesus? Because sometimes you've got to draw the line where you realize I'm no longer helping this person. I'm hurting this person. And if I don't sever this relationship. So you've got to be led. But we all have ways that we can benefit somebody else's life. And that's what we're focusing on in this series, in this message. And today... I want to show you three steps in how we can take care of the tree. Because here's the thing. If we don't take care of the tree, we won't have any fruit to give away. Bottom line. Look what Luke chapter 6 says. Verse 43. We ended with this a little bit last week. But in Luke chapter 6 verse 43 it says this. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Read that again. For a good tree does not, is incapable of, does not contain the power to bear bad fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. So we're identifying, as um, another verse says, and is it is in this one? Yes, verse 44, the next line. For every tree is known by its fruit. See, you're not identified by what you say. You're not identified by where you go to church. You're not identified by if you carry your Bible around with you everywhere. You're not identified by that little bumper sticker that you have on your car or the cross that's hanging from the rearview mirror. You're not identified by the Christian T-shirt or the WWJD bracelet. I mean, we're just breaking it down. Those aren't the things that identify you. Those aren't the things that define you. You are defined You are identified, you are recognized by your fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. Now, that means that you can tell what kind of tree that was by what's hanging off of it. Now, you can say there's apples on the tree, so it's an apple tree. There's bananas on the tree, so it's a banana tree. There's oranges on the tree, so it's an orange tree. Okay? But also, you can identify this. That tree is no good because the fruit is no good. Or, this is a good tree worth keeping because the fruit off, the fruit off of it is benefiting someone. You see the difference? See, we're not just identifying what kind of tree. We're also identifying the state of the tree. What condition is the tree in? Well, let's see what kind of fruit comes off of it. Because the type of fruit that comes off will determine what the condition, what the state of the tree is. And the state of the tree, the condition of the tree, determines if we keep it or do away with it. Is this thing worthless or is this thing worth investing in? Is this thing worth continuing to pour into? Is it worth taking up the ground that it's in? It's determined by what it's giving away. 
Not church attendance, not how much you give to the church, not how many poor people you help, not, many, not how many times you pull over on the side of the road and give a homeless person a dollar, uh, not by, uh, you know, all the Bibles that are on your bookshelf. None of that determines it. It's what you give away. This is what determines the condition and the state of the tree. So we've got to take care of the tree. Let's keep going in verse 44. Men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. Look at the three things that have to be good here. A good man, out of the good treasure, brings forth Something good. The treasure. What's the treasure? That's what's been put in. See, I can tell what kind of seed went in the ground by what kind of fruit comes off of it. Good treasure is what has been invested. What has been put inside. So a good Tree is a result of a good treasure, and the good tree produces good fruit. So all three have to line up, because I can take good seed and end up with a bad tree and still end up with bad fruit. Just because the seed has been planted in you, if you're not taking care of the tree, you can still get bad fruit. That doesn't mean that the seed, when it went in the ground, was bad. You see what I'm saying? We've got to follow the process all the way. We can't just say, well, I went to church. I heard a message. The seed was planted, but I'm not meditating on it. I'm not watering it. I'm not taking care of the tree and making sure that it follows production all the way down to the end. So a good man out of the good treasure produces good fruit. And the same goes with bad. Evil man out of an evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we've seen this before. What goes in? What goes in? What goes in determines what comes out. What goes in. See, look, we're we're, we're supposed to be giving something away. The question is, is what you're giving away, is it worth giving away? That's the first question. What do you have to offer to humanity and is it worth anybody grabbing a hold of? Because there are some trees in this county that I'm sure their fruit isn't worth eating. It's been neglected. It hasn't had the right nutrients. It hasn't had the right things invested into it. So it's got an evil treasure. Now you have an evil tree and now you end up with evil fruit. And there's no way you're going to get good fruit off of that thing. I mean, nowhere in here does it tell us to pray for good fruit. Nowhere in here does it say, well, you know, just believe God that good fruit will come. No, there's a process that has to take place. We've got to be putting good seed in, take care of a good tree, and then we'll get good fruit. That's the process. We've got to see this process all the way through. So you bring forth what you put in. And then you have to make sure and take care of this thing all the way through. Well, we've talked about the investment. God puts something great inside of every single person. And that's why I love my job so much is I get to pull greatness out of people when they don't see it, when they don't feel like they can go to the next level, when they don't feel like they can put that thing down, when they don't feel like they can grab a hold of this, when they don't see themselves doing what God has called them to do. Even if they know what God's called them to do, they still don't see themselves. I, as a pastor, get to help draw greatness out of people. That's the best job in the world. It's to help people see and do that which God has called them to do, even when they don't see it. 
And if you stick around long enough and you remain under the process long enough and you allow the things that we're going to look at here take place in your life, you will produce good fruit that is worth eating, worth people picking off of your tree. But there's a process and you can't finish this. You can't short circuit it. You can, there's no shortcut to it. You can't go around it. You can't skip steps. You remain in the process. So we've got to take care of the tree. We've got to take care of the tree. So go over to John chapter 15. And I believe John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, give us three key steps to taking care of the tree and seeing the fruit that comes off of your tree worth eating. Worth receiving. Look, you want people to pick the fruit off your tree. The tree is defined by its fruit. Jesus said, this is how people will know you are my disciples. What did he say? By the love you have for one another. Does anyone know what the fruit of the Spirit is? Actually talking about it, your children can probably tell you about it by now. Love, joy, peace, patience. You know, we, we look at this list as like it's optional. Or like one day I'll have love, but then, you know, another day I'll have joy, but love not so much. No, these are fruits of the Spirit. What does that mean? It's fruits of the new life that's inside of you. This is, somebody should be picking off love, picking love off your tree. Somebody should be picking off some joy. Somebody should be getting some peace from you. Look, they're not getting it anywhere else in the world. The world's not, the world has no peace to offer. The world has no self-control to offer. The world tells you to do what you do, what feels good. There's nothing in the world that says, you need to operate in some self-control. You need to put that down. There's nothing out there that says that. There's nothing out there that says joy. And anything they have is temporary. Their love, temporary. Their joy, temporary. Only lasts for a season. Their peace, if they have any, temporary. But the fruit of the Spirit is lasting, is enduring. And that's what we have to give away. And so we've always thought that the fruit of the Spirit is for us. But the fruit is what is produced from a tree that has good seed going into it, has been taken care of, and now can feed somebody else. The, the fruit is never for the tree. The fruit is never for the tree. So let's look at John chapter 15. Let's read this thing all the way through so we get the big picture. And then we'll go back. And break it down. Verse one, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear what? That does not bear what? It's OK. You can talk in church. That's all right. You can holler back at me. Give me an amen every now and then. That's OK. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. He takes away. Why? Waste in space. It's waste in space. You ever noticed in your body that sometimes if there's an infection in one area of the body, if it gets bad enough to where they can't kill the infection, they'll have to remove the part of the body that contains the infection. Why? Because it will infect the rest. You don't want to be the one that is cut out so you don't infect another. No, you want to be the one that's benefiting other people. Amen? And every branch that bears fruit doesn't have to be cut. It's good that we can leave it alone. <laughs> no, that's not what it says. It says every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Why? So it may bear more fruit. But God, I just gave fruit away yesterday. 
You mean there's more fruit? Yeah. I want you to keep producing more and more fruit. So this shows us right here that God's not satisfied with what you have done. He always sees more. God is one that always wants you to be producing more. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. A disciple. What's a disciple? A learner, a student, a pupil, a follower People will know who you follow by what you're giving away. So, how do we take care of the tree? Number one, stay in the Word. Stay in the Word. How can I take care of the tree? How can I take care of this tree so I can ensure that I'm giving away good fruit? How can I take care of the tree so I can be sure, be confident that what is hanging off of my branches is worth picking? Number one, stay in the word. Jesus says several times in this passage, abide in me and I in you. Now, Jesus was Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Son of Man, on the earth for 33 years. 33 years. Now that is a very small sliver of time in eternity. And before that, and since then, He is the Word. John 1, 1 tells us, In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And we skip on down to verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So before Jesus was Jesus the man, Jesus was the Word of God. So when he says, abide in me and I in you, he's saying, get in my Word and get my Word in you. Look, if you're not in the Word, You have nothing to give away, period. This is why we are so, uh, uh, this is why it's so imperative for anyone that's serving in any capacity of ministry here at Anchor Faith Church, and you learn this through vision partnership, and you learn this through Elevate Supported Ministries, you have to be in the Word if you're going to minister to people. Because you're not just holding a door open and shaking hands. You are ministering. You're not doing anything less at the door when people walk in than I'm doing up here right now with the microphone in my hand. And you have to get that picture. This is such a small picture of what I do. This is like 10% of the role of a pastor. I mean, if there's a lot of pastors coming out right now, but... If this is all you had to do was just pick up a microphone and say stuff, there'd be a lot more pastors. But this right here is not ministry. This is called proclaiming and preaching and communicating the word. But you know what? I minister on Monday. And I minister on Tuesday. And I minister on Thursdays, and I minister on Fridays and Saturdays. I'm ministering all the time, and so are you. So are you. And every role and every capacity that we have now and all the ones that we'll have in the future are ministry. 
So it's imperative that if we're going to have anything worth giving away, we've got to be putting something in us. Abide in me and I in you. Why? So that your fruit will be fruitful. So that your fruit will be worth giving away. So that what you give to others will be worth them receiving. Stay in the word. You are of no good to anyone else if you're not putting anything good in yourself. So you've got to be putting good seed in you. And then you have to take care of that seed so we can get good fruit on the end. How do we get from good seed to good fruit? Just take the good seed and drop it in the ground and forget about it? No. We take the good seed, we plant it, and then we water it, and we nurture it, and we watch over it, and then it will produce good fruit. See, right now, I'm throwing out seed. Is it landing on good ground? Is it landing on stony ground? Is it landing among thorns? Is it landing among cares of the world? Is it landing among deceitfulness of riches? Is it landing on hard hearts? That's up to you. What you do with the word after you get out of here determines what it produces in your life. That's why I prayed before service when we got up here that we wouldn't just be hearers, but we would doers. We would be doers. We would live the word, apply the word, put it into action in our lives. James says that we should be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving ourselves. There are deceived people that walk out of churches every week. Why? Because they came, they had something planted inside of them, thought they received something, but didn't realize, I got to take care of that. I got to take care of that. Didn't realize I needed to be writing stuff down. Didn't realize I needed to go home and look back over those scriptures. Didn't realize that I needed to be hearing that message again. Didn't realize that I need to find ways to put it into action in my life. Didn't realize any of that. Thought I came, I sat, I heard, I left, and now it's not producing anything in my life. Why? God, I did what you asked me to do. No, you're deceived. You've just been deceived. It's not producing. You get to work and you're cussing up a storm again. You, you get home and you're right back into arguments with your spouse. You, you, you're, you're irritated and frustrated by things. You're talking behind people's backs rather than helping them. You're, you're, you're confused and worried about life. You're anxious and concerned. You, you go day to day not, one, not knowing what next day is going to hold. There's no peace. There's no joy. There's no love. There's no gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Because the fruit's not coming out because we're not taking care of the seed. Planting is just the beginning. That is not the end. You don't go to church, hear a good sermon or a bad sermon, and just all of a sudden start, stuff just starts popping up. All of a sudden my life's better. Such a deceived concept that many people live by in their lives. And I've said it from day one, and I still hold to this fact. I care about the lost people in this community. I care about those that don't know Jesus at all. And to be honest with you, they're a lot easier to minister to than the religious ones that think they have it all together. But this town is full of religious People, what does that mean? People that live by a book and, and think they know Jesus, but don't know Jesus. I call them lost, saved people. And I believe that we are here for the purpose of bringing purpose back to what we're doing. What is the kingdom life really all about? I mean, you listen to some of these country songs. They talk about Jesus. They talk about reading their Bible. Jesus, take the wheel. They talk about going to church. 
There's a song that I've heard on the radio and that I've heard, you know, in different stores and stuff that literally talks about drinking beer and serving Jesus in the same song. Give me a break. And those people live in this town. There's traditions and lifestyles that are contrary to what the Bible says. And I don't blame them as much as I do the ones that are ministering to them that are not holding any accountability. That are not giving them any kind of practical way to live out the kingdom life. And this is what Jesus had an issue with, and it's still an issue in the world today. And it's not just in this town, obviously, but that's what's going on here. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but there are a lot of churches in Valdosta. There are a lot of churches here, and there are some big ones. And they have a lot of parking space. And they fill up those parking spaces. They do. The problem isn't that, the problem is not that people don't know Jesus. It's they think they know Jesus, but don't know Jesus. Why? Abide in me, and I in you. It doesn't say abide in church. It says abide in me. Who's me? The Word. Look, if we had more Christians that read this and lived by it, we'd be turning the world upside down. And not the word that their grandma taught. Not the word that their pastor from when they were young taught. The word for themselves. Know the word for yourself. It's by your own fruit that a tree is known. Not by someone else's fruit. Not by someone else's fruit. Your fruit. Look, we're supposed to be helping people. But how many of you, and I'm the first one to raise my hand, sometimes get irritated with people? You can put your hand there. Yeah, I get irritated. Oh, man, every hand. We need to have a prayer line right up here. You just raise your hand, you can come down front. I got to stand in line too. Well, we say this in ministry, in leadership. If the people are getting to you, you're not getting with God. If the people are getting to you, then you haven't spent time getting with Him. And that's just the honest truth. I know when I get irritated and frustrated and I'm on edge and, and, and things, uh, you know, people irritate me easily. The ones that I'm supposed to be helping are influencing me. I know I haven't been spending time with him. And it's time to abide in him. Some of the times where I find myself the most tolerable with people. Is when I have just come out of ministering to God and being with him and spending time with him, praying, praying in the spirit, spending time in his word, spending time in relationship with him. And I find that the people don't get to me, but I eventually get to them. If people are getting to you, you're not getting with God. You will find it easier to meet the needs of others when you allow God to meet your needs. Look, if you're in a position of trying to do it all your own, uh, in that first verse, who does it say is the vine dresser? Who's the one that's taking care of the tree? God. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branch, and my Father is the vine Dresser. What does that mean? That means it's someone else's responsibility to make sure the tree's being taken care of. 
That means that God is watching over you, making sure that you've got all the resource, all that you need. If you will just be concerned with giving fruit away. If you will just be concerned with making sure that I am applying everything that's been given to me. And give the fruit away. Give something that's worth benefiting somebody else. He'll take care of all your needs. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things that the Gentiles seek after will be added unto you. We've said it before, even in this series, ask any of these farmers. They don't mind spending a little more and going the extra mile for a tree that they know is going to produce a great harvest. But they hate wasting chemicals and wasting time and wasting energy on trees that are producing nothing. And eventually, those get chopped down. Eventually, those don't make it. They're unproductive and they're wasting space. So, number one, how do we take care of the tree? Number one, stay in the word. Stay in the word. Number two, this is a fun one, allow pruning. Allow pruning. There in John 15, verse 2, he says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. We just get rid of it. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Why? So that it may bear more fruit. Pruning in your life is God's way of getting stuff out of the way that are hindering your fruit from coming out. Even those things that you enjoy, even those things that you have, uh, you, you have fun doing. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, over in Hebrews it says to lay aside every weight and sin. Sometimes it's not necessarily a sin, but it is a weight. What's a weight? Something that slows you down or hinders you altogether from achieving a goal. So pruning is God's way of getting more fruit out of you. And so we have to allow pruning. Correction brings production. Correction brings production. And if you allow yourself to be teachable, if when God identifies and says, look, this thing's in the way, I need you to bear more fruit. I've got more I want to get out of you. I've got more people that I want to, I want you to influence, influence and impact for the kingdom of God. But you've got to set this thing down. It's keeping you from producing more fruit. Then you need to allow that over in God's uh, over in God's word. I believe uh, somewhere in Proverbs, it says uh, that God chastens those that he loves. Look, the fact that he loves you and the fact that he sees something great in you is what leads him to say, if we get this thing out of the way, this is what we could do. That means we've got to learn. To serve sacrificially. Don't just give something away when it's comfortable. Don't just help people when it's easy or when it's, it feels right. You've got to learn to serve others and when, even when it means sacrificing of yourself. Giving of your time when you've got time to give somewhere else. Giving of your finance, even when you know, I, could, I got somewhere else I could use this. Serving sacrificially, what's that? Cutting off, stripping away, pruning. Allow God to prune. Allow God to bring correction. Allow yourself to be teachable. Teachability is one of the greatest lost characteristics. Today, everybody wants to think they already know how to do it and can't let and can't allow anybody to tell them how to change something. 
Just be teachable. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. It doesn't matter if you're the CEO of the company or if you're on the bottom floor. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are. It doesn't matter how many friends you have. It doesn't matter how successful you've been in the past. You can and should remain teachable. Especially when God brings it. You will never, never be done with pruning. But the second you're done allowing God to cut stuff off is the second you're done giving anything away. If you won't allow yourself, your tree, to be pruned, you can forget ever producing any more fruit for anybody. At least beyond the level that you're currently producing. Just the fact that God is saying, that Jesus is saying here, that I prune so you can bear more fruit, identifies that Jesus says, you can bear more fruit. Just when you think you've arrived, just when you think that you've cut things out, just when you think you've done it all, Look, I mean, you know, as we're growing, it's real easy to get to a position where it's like, man, I don't, I don't think there's anything else I need to cut out of my life. I mean, I, I think I'm doing pretty good. It doesn't mean that you're not doing good. But God always sees something that you don't. The second that you see something in the natural realm, God has already moved on to the next thing you can't see. You've been believing God for you know, $100,000 a year in your business, and you meet it, you get it. Well, he's already moved on to a million. Why? Because he's all about bearing more fruit. God never sits on what is seen in, the, in this realm. Why? Because he only operates by faith. God only operates in what you can't see. So the second you see it, although you're worshiping him and you're praising him and you're thanking him for that thing finally coming, he's saying, all right, let's go on to the next one. And what do we need to get out of the way so you can get here? Every level requires you to take less. Every level requires you to take less. The higher up you go, the less you can take with you. That's just the bottom line. And God wants to prune because he knows there's more to give away. So how do we take care of the tree? Number one, stay in the word. Abide in me and I in you. And again, realize the more you get in God's word, the more you get God's word in you. That seed. We said this in the first lesson. Some people see a seed. Some people may even see a tree. Some people may see fruit. Oh, yeah, that's an apple seed. It's going to be an apple fruit. It's going to be apple, an apple one day. And then someone else may know that that apple then will contain another seed that can plant another tree. You see what I'm saying? There's always more. You're going to see whatever you want to see. Whatever you limit yourself to. But God always sees the end result. The seed that's planted in you that causes you to grow up and be a big, strong tree that now you are giving away fruit and you take that fruit and it gets invested in someone else and then they grow up to be a big, strong tree. And now they're bearing fruit that's benefiting someone else. And you see the chain reaction off of one life. Don't limit what God can do. Abide in me and I in you. If you'll get yourself in the word, you'll find the word in you. Number two, we saw that we've got to allow correction, allow pruning. Correction brings production. And lastly, I want to skip on down to verse seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire 
and it shall be done for you. Shall be done for you. Those that are in God's word and those that have God's word in them, those are the ones that qualify for receiving from God when they need something. Those are the ones that qualify. If you abide in me and my words inside of you, then you will ask and whatever you ask, I will give it to you. But look at verse 8. By this, my Father is glorified. By what? That you bear much fruit. We just went to a whole other level. Bearing fruit is how God receives glory in the earth. Number three, glorify the Father. How do we take care of the tree? I'm going to tell you right now, your tree will begin to rot the second you think that everything that's been invested in you is for your self-exaltation. The second you think that that gift and that talent is for you. There are trees that have great gifts Great abilities that have a lot to give away, but they are in the world dying and rotting right now because they're not glorifying the Father with it. There are musical talents, gifts with money, gifts with influence. There are people in the world that can speak and get people to hook up with them in two seconds. They're just born with influence. Born with an ability to speak and people get behind their cause. No problem. But they're not glorifying the Father. The very one. See, who gets the glory when someone picks that fruit? The one who's been taking care of the tree. Man, you, you've done a good, do- good job with this tree. I mean, that fruit that I got the other day, that was amazing. You've done a great job taking care of this thing. And it glorifies the vine dresser. It glorifies the one who owns the tree and makes sure that the tree has everything it needs to produce fruit for others. If you want your tree to dry up and rot away and be worthless, and again, a worthless tree brings forth worthless fruit. And those trees get plucked up, cut down, and thrown in the fire. If you want to end up that way, then don't give God any glory. But when you realize that everything I have, man, that was an awesome, that was a powerful song you sung today. Man, you did such a great job. Man, you, you guys sounded great. Man, that, that message that you brought today, man, that was awesome. The second you start taking credit for what God placed inside of you to give away to someone else, we become ineffective. We got to take care of the tree. This tree is worth taking care of. Because the fruit that's coming off of it is worth benefiting and worth producing in someone else's life. But we've got to do these three things. We've got to stay in the word. If you're not getting anything good in you, you're not producing anything good out of you. You've got to allow pruning. You've got to allow God to come through your life every so often and say, you know what? I know you've been doing this, but we can do more. I know you've been reading your Bible 30 minutes a day, but I need you to spend more time in my word. I know that you've been getting up at 7 a.m. and, you know, to pray, but I need you to get up at 6. 
I, I know that you cut off those friends and those relationships, uh, you know, that were hindering you. But there's this other one over here that I know you're real attached to, but it's, it's, it's not benefiting you. You've got to be moldable and teachable to what God says because he sees something on the back end as a result of your obedience to do what he calls you to do. So allow him to prune, allow him to cut off. And when it's all said and done, when the fruit's being given away and people are beginning to see that what you have is benefiting them, you make sure he gets all the glory, he gets all the praise, he gets all the honor. That gift was not to make you look good. That ability to speak, that ability to do that with money or do that with a business, that ability, you better know how to say, God gets all the glory. I'm only here because of what he's done in my life. I'm only doing what I'm doing today because of what he's invested in me. There's a vine dresser. There's an owner of the field that's been taking care of me. And I wouldn't be here unless he was pouring into my life and investing into my life. And the reason you're able to pick the fruit off of me today is because of what he's done in me. And the same God that's done that in my life can do it in your life and cause you to be a tree worth producing fruit. We've got to take care of the tree. Amen. If we won't take care of the seed, you won't take care of the tree. If you won't take care of it in its smallest form, you won't take care of it in the largest form. God has a design. God has a plan. God has a purpose. I'm going to tell you right now, there is nothing, there is no greater feeling than knowing you have invested in someone else's life. You've poured into someone else's life. You have brought change. And it's not because of you, but because you were used by God. There's no greater feeling in the world. See, people... We, we, we have this mindset that we'll only feel good when we get the best. Did you know that you can watch somebody else get something better than you and feel productive? In the end, it's not about me having more money than someone else. In the end, it's not about uh, me having more people in my church. If there's a pastor that I can help pour into to make his church grow and make his his, uh, influence grow, I'll do it. I don't care. I'm not comparing uh, attendance records every week. I mean, Pastor Earl has done that with me. He's told me many times, look, It would mean nothing to me if you guys grew and got larger than us. That would mean nothing to me. That would just let me know that what you're doing is producing something in more people's lives. And we've got to get beyond natural comparisons. We've got to get beyond wanting the best for ourselves and not being able to see. So you need to get yourself to a place where you can see somebody excel, even though it's something that you've been wanting for a long time. Because you have something worth giving away. Could the fruit that you have to give away, could it benefit somebody else? Do you know somebody in your life right now that you know could benefit from what I have to give away? But I've just got to, I've got to open my mouth. I've got to share with them. I've got to give them the fruit. I've got to give away what I have. Could you do that? Father, we thank you tonight that as a result of this world, this word, that we begin to recognize the greatness that's inside of us. Father, I thank you tonight that you will begin to reveal in each and every person here the gift. That's a question that we all have. What is my gift? What do I have to give away? What do I have that can benefit and bless somebody else? Father, I thank you that that will become clear to people as they get in their word, as they get in your word, as they begin to set themselves to be a tree that gives something away. Father, I thank you that you will help reveal that to them. In the next few days, in the next upcoming weeks, 
Father, you'll begin to help them recognize that's my gift. That's it. That is what I have to give away to someone else. And Father, we'll use that gift for your glory. Every communication, everything that's said, everything that's done, it will be for your glory. Because without you, we'd be nothing. Without you, we have nothing to give away. Father, we thank you tonight for your investment in our lives, for your applying of your time and your energy and your word inside of us to see us become the great tree that you created us to be so that we can give fruit away and be a benefit to humanity, a benefit to those that are around us. We thank you for this tonight. We thank you for your word that it's implanted within us and it will produce within us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.